The Boys of Fall by Scott Leopold Chapter 6 The Miracle Troy brought Connor a beer as he sat on Troy's new predator, looking out over the Colorado River. The sun was setting, and the glow from the red star was slowly disappearing as its remaining rays danced across the water. It had been a quiet day, the fish weren't biting, and there was an awkward silence that filled the gaps between the half-hearted conversations between these two friends. Something was obviously on Connor's mind. Dude, what's going on? I know when something's bothering you. Connor cracked open his beer and stared deliberately at his friend. This is my last season coaching Giacomo and Pads. Next year I'll play for the middle school. I've been able to play him at quarterback this far, but that all changes next year. I'm in with the high school, but these coaches at the middle school don't know don't have a clue what they're doing. I can see them moving Giacomo to wide receiver, or even worse, the line. All the work I've done would be for nothing. Dude, you can't hold back talent. It always rises to the top, just like cream. Don't worry, Giacomo will rise to the top. I know, but the world doesn't always work that way. You have to make things happen. Just like life, football's full of politics. And if there's one thing I know, it's politics. The key is getting what you want without people knowing what you what you want. It's Law 21 in the book of 48 Laws of Power. But right now I need to focus on this season, and we need a running game. The problem is we don't have any black kids living in this area, which puts us, puts us at a big disadvantage, especially when the running the ball is 90% of the game at this age. Dude, 48 Laws of Power? That sounds like some twisted shit. Yeah, the guy that wrote it is a Hollywood writer who observed the power elite in Hollywood and discovered trends with the powerful figures in history. What he came up with was the 48 Laws of Power. I'll send you a copy. It's twisted, but it works. I referenced this book when I ran for city council a few years ago, and I'll tell you what, man, it worked. Dude! I'll try that on Cindy. Maybe if I act like I don't want a blowjob, she'll give me one. Connor busted out laughing. You're a dumbass. Dude, what you need to do is find you a nice little piece of ass down in East Austin who has an 11-year-old kid who can run like Ricky Williams. Hell, maybe you should be dating Bam Bam's grandma. I'm not even going to respond to that one, jerky. All we can do is work on our passing game and, and just hope for a miracle. Dude, speaking of miracles, what's up with that miracle piece of ass you're working on over there in Westlake? You getting anywhere with that? Man, in time, brother. Like I said, I need to keep things cool right now with the ex. Sounds like your ex got you by the balls. I have her right where I need her. Connor sat back and took a drink as he watched a group of bats fly across the boat. Their silhouettes faded into the night as the Texas hill country swallowed the sun. Off into the distance, the wind carried the winged creatures away, but it didn't bother to take away any of Connor's problems with it. Several weeks later, Connor got the miracle he asked for. 
It was the most amazing thing he could ever imagine. It was nothing new to Lake Travis to have kids transfer into the high school program, but getting a transfer at this age was definitely a blessing. And a stud black receiver to boot. That was a freaking miracle. After getting off the phone with John Merriweather Sr., Connor was in another world. He couldn't believe John was moving to the area and that his son wanted to play on Connor's team. Johnny Jr. was a sixth grader and his dad bragged about his speed and ability to catch, how he was the best wide receiver in his old school in Katy, Texas. So Connor, knowing how parents exaggerate, told John Sr. to meet him at the Lake Travis practice field the following day when they had team practice. He would give Johnny Jr. a look. What do we have here? Troy asked as he arrived at practice and saw the new kid. You won't believe it, man. But that miracle we prayed for just might have come through. We've got ourselves a stud receiver, and he's black. I hope so, because we need it, said one of the other assistant coaches who joins the conversation. Well, we're about to find out what he's got. As Connor finished his sentence, John Sr. walked up to the group and introduced himself. Connor, Troy, and the other coaches turned around, and they all shook hands. Then one of the coaches blurted out, Johnny Sticky Fingers Merriweather, star receiver for Rice University. That's right. I knew your name sounded familiar, Connor said with a new level of excitement in his voice. So what brings you to Lake Travis? Troy asked. We just moved here from KD to be a part of the Lake Travis football dynasty. You know how the politics of football goes. The key positions always go to the coach's sons. Unfortunately, I travel a lot for my job, so I, I can't coach. And Katie is overpopulated. My boy wasn't getting a fair shot. Since Lake Travis is a smaller program, I figured my boy would get a better chance to playing for y'all. All I want is for him to get a fair shot at receiver. Well, we'll give him a look. And if he's as good as you say, then we'll find a starting spot for him on our team, Connor explained. That's all I'm asking. Connor looked at Johnny Jr. as Troy studied Revis's competition. When Connor noticed this, he looked over at Troy and shrugged his shoulders and said, Well, let's see what we got. Walking on the field, Connor blew his whistle and all the kids came running to huddle into their, in front of their head coach. Connor looked around and took a quick head count. No one was missing. It was time to start the show. Connor kicked off practice with the team chant and then went right into defensive drills. Troy, do me a favor and, and run the, uh, the drills while I work with Giacomo and Johnny Jr. Sure, but I wouldn't waste a lot of time on this kid. Connor took Johnny Jr. and Giacomo's side and walked through several of the Lake Travis plays. Johnny Jr.'s speed surprised Connor. He was by far the fastest kid on the team. Everything Giacomo threw, Johnny Jr. caught. All Giacomo had to do was get the ball close enough to him and he would compensate to catch it. Diving and leaping, Connor was speechless. This kid made Giacomo look like a superstar. On one route, Giacomo rolled out of the pocket and hit Johnny Jr. on a go route for 40-plus yards. 
Connor was so excited he shouted, Oh yeah, that's how we do it, Lake Travis. He then leaped in the air and punched the translucent sky. That's when Connor noticed Troy looking at him like a kid who just dropped his ice cream. Johnny Jr. was exactly what this team needed and exactly what Giacomo needed to get noticed by the middle school coaches. Connor looked at Troy and acknowledged his concern as he stroked his chin, blowing the whistle to bring the boys in. This is Johnny Jr., our new receiver, Connor started. I want my starting offense to huddle up. Revis, you play defense, and let's see what Johnny Jr.'s got in a game situation. Troy, will you set up the defense, and let's get this scrimmage going? Connor called the play, sending Johnny Jr. on a long go route. Troy knew his friend well and put Revis on Johnny Jr. and told him to be ready for the long pass. He then instructed the safeties to cover him as well. Troy was going to burst Connor's bubble. Giacomo stepped up to the center and looked at both receivers on each side of the ball. Ready, go! With good pass coverage, Johnny Jr. ran his go route and Revis struggled to keep up. Eventually, Johnny Jr. got in front of him. Both safeties crossed over to cover him as well. They surrounded him, covered him in front and back. Giacomo hesitated, seeing that there was no way his receiver would catch his ball. Troy was smiling cheek to cheek. Throw the ball, Giacomo, and get it above his head, yelled Connor. Giacomo was still hesitant, but he knew better than to disobey his father. So he stepped back in the pocket and let the ball fly with everything he had. Connor and Troy watched as the ball sliced through the air in a perfect spiral. Johnny Jr. glanced over his shoulder and saw that the ball was high, so he leaped in the air, stretching out his long arms and caught the ball. It was poetry in motion. Everything was in slow motion for Connor, who watched as Johnny Jr. fell backwards and hit the ground, controlling the ball the whole way. Connor ran onto the field and gave Johnny Jr. a big bear hug. If you didn't know better, you would have thought Connor had won the state championship. Connor then walked over to John John Sr., removed his baseball cap, and rubbed his face. John, my man, you are a godsend. Welcome to the team. John pointed to his son, giving him a thumbs up, and said his goodbyes. As John Jr. and his father walked away, Troy looked at Connor with a look that said, What does this mean for Rebus? Connor could see what was going through Troy's mind and whispered, We'll talk about it, but right now we need this. You understand that, right? Dude, I like how we voted on this as a team. That's bullshit. You understand that, right? Troy turned his back to Connor and motioned for Revis to get his things. Troy, you know we need this, Connor shouted back. Troy didn't say a word. Connor watched as Revis joined his father, their figures getting smaller and smaller as they walked towards their jeep. Right at that moment, a beautiful young lady tapped Connor on the shoulder. Connor? She asked. Connor Evans? Connor looked around at the well-dressed lady in a navy blue pantsuit and replied, Yeah, that's me. Who's asking? She handed him an envelope. Sir, you have been served.